Australia, and on today's program, I have with me Aumakua Chuot, the recently elected member of the WA Legislative Council for the North Metropolitan Region. So, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, um, Tim. It is very good to be here today. And thank you for making the time in what I'm sure is a very busy schedule um, as a member of the um, the Labor government, I guess. No, that's fine. This is what we do. This is a community. So. <laughs> Terrific. Okay, so I know that your background is South Sudan. So would you like to tell me a little bit about South Sudan and then about how you got from South Sudan to be in Western Australia? Yes, so I'm originally from South Sudan. Both my parents are from South Sudan. Um, but um, due to the civil war, I was born in a refugee camp in Ethiopia. So um, when the war broke down, my parents traveled to Ethiopia. So um, when my parents returned back when I was two to South Sudan, my father was killed. Um, so um, after his death, um, my mother um, decided to find another way to um, to bring us to to take us to another refugee camp, which was um, in Kenya. So we lived in in Kenya for quite a bit, yeah. So I'm a girl that grew up in between countries. Right. And you came to Australia, I think, as a um, teenager. Yeah, I came here when I was 16. Okay. Mm. So obviously, the time in the refugee camps and the political turmoil that was going on um, as you were growing up in South Sudan and Ethiopia and Kenya and uh, wherever um, mm. must have had a huge impact on you going into your adult life. It was not. Um, it was not easy um, to to grow up in 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 a country of no settlement, like in terms of like the safety. Um, but when we got into the camp, at least we had our basic needs. They were met um, through the um, the UNHCR. So we lived there for quite a bit so when we were at the camp at least it was a bit different in comparison to being in 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 south sudan because by then um the war was still happening okay now i was talking the other day to a gentleman who was born in a refugee camp Mm -hmm. um and he had a problem because he actually didn't have a birth certificate because of that situation was that a problem that you encountered or was that not an issue for you? So um, that's a very interesting story because um, most of us that comes here, um, we were born, some of us were born while our parents were running. My mother was pregnant by me when she traveled f- from South Sudan to Ethiopia. So when she went to Ethiopia, we were refugees. And um, from my memory, I'm sure... I heard that you know most of the kids that were born there, they were not treated as Ethiopian. So I don't even have a birth certificate myself. So um, that also come back to a lot of South Sudanese that were born in the villages because by then you know they don't have a lot of resources to even equip them for the for them to have um, birth certificate. Or even if you are born in the city, a lot of p- parents were um, you know were killed in the war, and also some of them. Um, lost their paperwork and some of their belongings during the the time that they were running around so to look for safety for their kids, yeah. So not having a birth certificate, has that been a challenge for you since you've... It has been a challenge because I remember when I came to Perth, I had um, 
my date of birth and also my um my my name was misspelled you know we had to go through a process it is difficult to change your date of birth but it is easy to change your name with the declaration um declaration form um but i i know of people that who are still struggling to to change um the um birth 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 um details due to that so are you now an australian citizen or y- yes i'm an australian citizen great mm. all right so you went on this convoluted journey, I guess, through various um, refugee camps and eventually came to Australia when you were 16. Mm. Um, what did you do when you got here? What, what were the challenges that you faced? Mm. So um, we, we came here, um, you know, very excited. But once we arrived... We, we faced a lot of challenges, um, and those challenges had to do with the language and also the skill sets. Um, you know, challenges of the language, of course, we came here with basic, just maybe, hello, how are you? Just basic English. We, we couldn't speak much English. So to be able to fit into a mainstream country where everybody speaks the language, it was one of the difficult um, things. Um, the second thing was the skill set. The skill set affected my, my, my mom the most because... You know, she all she she ever done was she was a housewife, and also she had had little businesses, but she was never really exposed to education, so she can have um, a proper education before we came here. So even that, it not only affected my mom, it has affected us as well because, um, you know, most of the especially in the employment sectors, you know, people look for um for skill set, but we we didn't have skill set, so that we had to really work extra harder in comparison to any Western kids here, so at least we can get into the level of um, expectation. And, you know, education as well, you know, um, going to school was very difficult. We started in a, in a, in a class as um, English as a second language. Um, that was hard. Um, our first two years was very hard. But, um, you know, being a young person, that really helped, um, so we settled afterward. Okay, so you did two years of high school in... So, but, um, so when we came, we had to do English. I think a, a year. We did English a year and a half, and then um, I, I went into the um, I think year 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 eleven or year ten straight away. After that, mm. so you were a little bit older than most mm. of your classmates. Yes, then. I was a little bit older, but I had to go through the English intensive language, so I, I can yeah. But even that, after I finished the English as. Um, a second language going to in, in, into into the mainstream was so difficult. It was still very hard. Sure. And mm. were you speaking English at home at that stage, or were you still speaking your native language? We were speaking Dinka most of the time at home with mum and yeah, the family. So, when you came with your mother, yeah, and do you have siblings? Yep, I have siblings. Yeah. And they were with you as well. Mm. Yep, we came with my mother and my siblings and cousins. Yeah. Oh, so quite a large yeah, group of as a, yeah. extended family. Mm. Okay, so you obviously did well at school because you went on to study accountancy, I think. Mm. So, yeah, um, so basically what I did, I finished, I, d- I didn't actually finish high school, so um, I stopped at year 11. So I went into TAPE to do um accounting course in TAPE. And a business a business course in TAPE um, just to to see the feel of what I really want to do, and also TAPE was a bit much easier in in terms of 
uni, so I thought that was an easy way for me to do to start with. And then after that, I went into uni to study accounting. Okay, so you did that, I think, at the same time as juggling a young baby. Yes. So I um, had my son when I was very young, um, 17. Um, but being a young mom was very difficult, but I was lucky because mom was uh, gave me her full service to support me, so she um, looked after my son and while I was... I was I was doing my other careers of being a model and also um, studying, so yeah. Okay, so you mentioned then that you were a model as well as doing your studies. Mm. Was that hard to get into the the modelling world in in Australia? Honestly, I think I was lucky. I had the height and. The, what 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 the modeling market was looking for by that time, so I was basically look found so um the agency that found me um encouraged me to actually pursue a modeling career and take it to the next level so I was supported but i I know of many women that many young girls that cannot get into modeling agency because um the modeling industry in in i think in 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 Australia in general they don't promote a lot of diversity. So that has been a big challenge, um, seeing a lot of young girls come back disappointed because they know um, if they go to a modelling agency, they would be turned off um, that, you know, we already have a dark skin model on our website, we're not looking for more. But that doesn't, you know, um, you can't blame the agencies, you know. The problem most of the time is the market. So the agencies do what the market is is doing so basically if you have five black models on the website and you can't get them job then it is a waste of time for them waste of their resources well yes to, to an extent i mean supply and demand is obviously important in, mm. in any field but mm. um if you are a dare i say better looking model than the other five then it's a it's, it would be a shame to throw you out on the rubbish heap because there's already five on on the website so mm. um Anyway, so yep. <laughs> did, did, did you set out to be a model or was that just something that came along? It came along. I never wanted to be a model before. It came along, like I said before, I was um, found and scouted by an agency and they helped me to build onto my career. It was after me to take it further. If I took it further, I wouldn't be in Perth now, um, you know, because I remembered getting contracts in America and, you know, London and overseas for me to be based there, but I refused because of my son. So when my son started um, school when he was five, I said, no, nah, I don't want to travel anymore. I want to be a mum and look after my son. Great. Yeah. So you went on and studied accounting, and then did you work as an accountant? Or Yeah, so after I finished uni, luckily I got a job um, as a finance officer at the university, so I did 15 months there, and then after that I left and I went into tax, so I worked for a company to do tax return for people during the financial year. And then after that, I got another job, a permanent job that I was in before I was elected as to be a member of parliament. Um, and I worked there handling the accounts and payroll um, for almost two years. Great. So um, you've always got something that you can fall back on should uh, um, the unlikely event of you not being... Uh, in Parliament for quite a number of years. Definitely. At least I have I have a plan B. 
Well, that's but, good. Yeah, plan, no. plan B is always good, and I and I know you. But I really wanted Plan A to work all the time. <laughs> that's that's good too. Now, <laughs> I, I know that you're juggling this new role as um, a politician with um, another son that uh, mm. you recently um, gave birth to, um, Akol, I think. Mm, Achol, um, yep. Mm. Yeah, so, how old is he? Achol is um is. Two um, what day is it today? So it's two months and five days. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, this this obviously would have been a challenge. You sort of going into politics and then um, and having to juggle the baby. Sort of, I, I suppose it was if Jacinta Ardern can do it, then you can do it. Was that the theory? You know, to be honest, I had a lot of people look at me, looking at me and they said to me, how do you do this? And I'm like, I'm doing this because I am from Africa. I am a South Sudanese, you know. Um, you know, I was brought up in a big family. I helped my mom looking after my siblings, my little siblings. So being a mom is not something that can stop me from doing other things. But of course, it comes with its challenges. Um, we live in Australia now where everybody is busy. My partner is busy. Mom is busy. Everybody's busy. So there's a bit of a challenge for me to to commit and be a parent and also take my responsibility of being a member of parliament. Um, it has not been easy, but uh, I have been lucky. I have good support system. You know, um, you know, one of my mentors, Janine Freeman, has been very supportive. You know, my partner, my families, and of course the Labour Party as well. You know, the fact that I'm not required to go full-time now is doing a um, few hours sitting um, and then come back to the baby until the baby's a bit stronger and then I'll take my full responsibility. Yeah. And, and you mentioned your partner, Deng, just now. Mm. Um, is, is he a good father to the baby? Oh, he's, he's a good father. I wouldn't do it without him. Uh-huh. Yeah. So does, mm. is he able to care for your son while you're working at being a politician? Yes, he has been since the baby was born, knowing the fact that we there's only three of us in the house. So um, I think the baby is used to his dad more than anyone that I know. Uh, my mother just came back, so it has been him looking after the baby. Well, so we have to set up our time table after his work hours, and then I step out to go and do my, um, my duties as a member of parliament. Okay. So he's yeah. able to, he's able to, it's, it's good good at looking after the babies from the beginning we didn't thought that but now yeah <laughs> he's doing a good job he's sitting behind you in the studio at the moment and he's <laughs> smiling so <laughs> i think that's probably a good sign uh, now you have been a member of the labor party for eight years or something or other like that um did you ever think when you joined the labor party of becoming a politician, or were you just there to be a, su- a supportive member of the organisation? Yeah, honestly, um, I joined the party for only um, one reason. It's because one of um, the ladies that I mentioned before, Janine Freeman, she has been involved for quite a bit with my community, so she supported some of the community events that I organise. And, of course, I have seen her being so active in the community. So what I have done in 2013, I put my hands up and I said, can I give you a hand just to support the party? Because I like what Labour Party stands for, you know, the fact that, you know, you are so involved with the community and you support the less fortunate people. This is a party that I really want to be involved with. And, yes, just, just I have just been a member since 
ever since. But I never had that intention of actually running for for a seat to be a member of parliament. That has never been on my to-do list. Um, so this was a, quite a big surprise when I was um, nominated by the party to run for the upper house seat. And with the way that the upper house seats are allocated, um, it's quite difficult, I think, to actually get elected if you're not the number one or number two sort of mm-hmm. um, ticket holders for the party. Mm. Um, so even though you were nominated, did you sort of think, oh, well, I'm going to go to Parliament next week, or did you sort of think, no, this is uh, just a dry run? So I, when when I was nominated, um, with, uh, we all knew, the, the nom- you know, as a, as a nominated person, I knew that this is not 100% something that might happen. So I had that attitude of saying, look, you know, this is going to be a great experience for me, the fact that I will learn how to campaign and meet new people and meet the community as well. So I looked at it that way. I didn't look at it as something that, you know, it was really going to be a reality until the night where um, we were looking at the television and we were looking at the numbers and we could see a fourth person was coming through as well. That's when I just got shocked. But um, from the beginning, I knew a third, a third ticket. There was a big challenge because already um, we only had two tickets um, from the previous years, um, one and two. We never had a third ticket before in the North Metro region. Um, so that was a big tryout, and we actually made it through, yeah. And, I mean, a significant achievement for uh, you know, someone who's come from a, an overseas war-torn country and had to master the language and get into the way that the Australian systems, the culture, works to, to achieve what you've achieved. I'm sure that's uh, something you're very proud of. Yeah, um, I think I'm, I'm very proud, and a lot of people are very um, proud of this opportunity. Um, and like you already mentioned, you know, um, I'm different, you know, um, and I'm the change, maybe let's, let's call it that. Um, this is a great um, pathway for the young people that are not doing well for themselves and the ones that are doing well for themselves to keep pushing and thrive to, to make um, better choices and also um, to, to, to contribute in, 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 in this beautiful country. Yeah. Now, the South Sudanese community in Perth is a reasonable size, um, and largely located in the sort of northern suburbs. Uh, so you obviously live in your community. How has your community reacted to seeing this girl turn model, turned accountant, move into this world of politics? I think... Um it didn't didn't come as a surprise to many people because um, I'm a person that who has been out in the community. As you know, not a lot of us, not a lot of kids that comes and really get a lot of a lot of opportunity to be exposed to many things. So I have been very active in the community since in in my community and and with my modelling career, I I I have tried my best to give back to the community in a possible way. I trained many girls and supported a lot of people. Work with elderly, you know. So with my community work from prayer, um, from past, um, a lot of people were not surprised for me to be a member of parliament, but it was kind of, of course, it was a big victory 
for it to happen in Australia um, because a lot of people never expected um, this could happen. But it has happened with a South Sudanese-born, um, South Sudanese um, person. So that itself, the community, they just they, they, they've been celebrating and they're still celebrating. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot to celebrate. So um, mm. congratulations on, yeah, on what thank, you've achieved. Thank you, Tim. Now, I know that you're not the only member of your family who's made a bit of a name for herself. Um, mm. I think you have a, a sister who's a football player. Yep, so I have a little sister who's an AFL women football player. Yeah. She's currently with um, signed with Richmond in Melbourne. Right. And what, what about your other siblings? Uh, uh, what, what are they doing with themselves? Um, so my older brother um, studied mechatronic engineering, so he works as an engineer. So he um, studied at, um, um, I think, Curtin or ECU and then moved back home a few years ago. So he's working in the oil field in South Sudan. Um, my other brother as well um, studied, um, I think, audio, um, audio engineering and... The little one, Saburi, is doing, um, I think she's doing midwifery at ECU now. Um, Bush is doing um, computer science at Curtin now. He's, he's only 18. Yeah, she's finished high school. So we're all, we all trying our best in our possible way. I was going to say, you all seem to be working mm-hmm. really hard to establish yourselves um, in a, into the, the society that you're living in now and um, have achieved a lot in terms of getting into the way that um, the Australian community works, I guess, and into you know studying and becoming uh, very proficient at whatever you do, and trying to, I guess, put your past behind you. But do you miss Africa? Yeah, um, I think the first thing is that um, when we came here, um, we came here with nothing. So for us as young people that we, that came to a country where there's, there are a lot of opportunities, we can be able to, to access a public education and um, also go to university and we can borrow money f- through the heck, learn and study. I, I, I think um, we have tried our best to do that, to really grab the opportunities. Um, in terms of missing home, of course we miss home. Um, you know, you know, um, our culture is quite a very rich culture. Um, it's a very community and family culture. So whenever I go back on holidays to see my grandmothers, I just feel happy. But you know, the fact that you know, country is my home now, and and um, the safety here is what I really appreciate the most. So um, yeah. So you mentioned just then that you. I guess pre-COVID. Um, oh, uh, Pre-COVID, of course, go, yeah. Go, go, go home yeah. to see your grandparents. Long time ago, yeah. Yeah. Um, is is that a risk for you as a um, a refugee going back into the country? No, it's not risky. Um, my country is my country. We get welcomed really well. Um, there's there's no risk, but there's still little um, tribals um, fights all around. But you know. There's no civil war anymore in South Sudan as we got our independence in 2005. So um, the country is developing, still very new. We're still the, the newest um, country in the world, but um, it will take time. But yeah, it's quite, 
yeah, never had any difficulties or felt any harm, you know, while I, I returned back home. So you refer to it as South Sudan. Um, I guess to distinguish it from the Sudan. Yeah. Um, so we used to be Sudan, but since we got our independence, we had to split. Split. Do you think that at any stage they will change the name of the country to get away from the South Sudan and be something that sort of stands alone? No, not really. I still feel like it is not fair, the fact that we gave the Sudan name to, to the North. They should have been North, North Sudan and we should be South Sudan. <laughs> so enough. at least it would have been fairer. Okay. <laughs> There's no bias in that at all, is yeah. there? <laughs> so as long as Sudan is still there, that's fine. But I just feel like it was, it was not a fair treatment for them to get the full name. Fair enough. Well, if but I don't want to be political. I, I'm not involved in their stuff. I was going to say, you, you should go into <laughs> politics back at home and you no. might be able to solve that problem. No, <laughs> not, I'm not getting involved. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. I'm Australian now. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Mm. Um, I'm sure that we're all very proud to have you as a member of the Australian um, community because uh, you have done amazing things and I'm sure we're going to see a lot more of you um, as the years go by. Yeah, thank you, Tim. Thank you. I, th I think that, um, you know, I will be very surprised if we see a change in government in Western Australia for a number of years now. I think with the result of this last election, I think you're going to be um, there for many, many years. And yeah, that will be great. It will be great. Because, mm, it will be great. Um, so thank you, Ayo, for coming in today. Thank you for sharing your story, and may I wish you well yeah. in your future. Thank you so much, team, and thanks for all you do for the community. Um, yeah, keep doing what you do. <laughs>